Amen. Let's give thanks to God for our worship team. Always so blessed by their, their leadership. Thank y'all. So uh, I got to tell y'all a funny story. About a year ago, my wife's headlight went out on her car, the front right headlight. And, and for about a year now, uh, she'd been driving without one headlight. And uh, people stop us all the time and they say, hey, did you know your headlight's out? And I say, yeah, I know. I need to get that fixed. And just, you know, one thing ha after another happens. And here it is almost a year later and we still hadn't gotten it fixed. So finally, uh, a couple weeks ago, I decided that it just enough was enough. Uh, you know, I hadn't made time to take it in and get it fixed. I said, you know what? I'm just going to do it myself. I'm not going to take it in. I'm just going to replace it myself. You know, how hard could it be, right? And uh, so, so whenever, I, whenever I decide to DIY, uh, the first place I go, it's not the auto parts store. It's not the hardware store. The first place that I go, it always involves a quick trip over to YouTube, right? Anybody ever do that when you're trying to learn how to do something? You go to YouTube. I, I love watching YouTube videos, learn how to do things. So, so I found this YouTube video that showed me, you know, I typed in my wife's car and, and what needed to happen. And, and sure enough, there was a video. It was only about five minutes on, on how to replace the headlight. And, and of course, uh, my, our particular car is one of the most complicated cars to change a headlight. So it wasn't just like popping the hood and popping the bulb out. Uh, I, watched this, I watched this five minute video and I watched this uh, man take the, the front right wheel off of the car and uh, the, detach the wheel cover and, and go up underneath the, the, the car and, and replace the bulb and do all that stuff, put it all back together, right? So, uh, so I'm out in my driveway a couple Saturdays ago, and uh, my, my son's out there playing in the driveway, and I'm sitting in the driveway with my phone and all my tools, and I'm, I'm watching this YouTube video, and, and I'm doing all the things, right? I, and I'll pause it, and I'll t do a step, and then I'll unpause it, and then I'll pause it, uh, and then do another step, and then pause it. And so uh, I do all this work. And it took me more than the five-minute video, I'll tell you that much. But I finally got to the end, and I put the keys in the ignition. I turned the wheels, uh, turned the engine on, and success. Both the, the headlights were working. And so I was so proud of myself, but I realized, you know, I still got to get everything put back together. So I watched the YouTube video again, and I'd stop it, and I'd do a little work, and I'd start it again, and then I'd do a little more, and stop it, and start. And finally, I got everything reattached. And, and again, I was so proud of myself and I was sitting there. I had one more step. I had one more little screw to put on. Uh, and, um, and my son comes over and he sits down next to me. I didn't, I didn't even know if he was paying attention to what I was doing, but he comes and sits down next to me and, and he sees me sitting there with my tools and the, and the phone and, and the, the car. And, and he, he says, dad, did you just watch that video and fix mommy's car? And, uh, you know, I tried not to puff my chest out too much and, and show, show it too much. I said, you know, yes, son, I sure did. And uh, he just looked at me and he smiled and, and he said, dad, you don't know how to do anything on your own, do you? <laughs> and, and, and the sound of my bubble being burst could be heard throughout the, throughout the neighborhood. And I guess God knows when we need a healthy dose of, of humility and uh, God gave me kids to administer it regularly. <laughs> How about you? Anybody else relate to that? Yeah. Well, I wanted to share that with you because believe it or not, I think that's a little bit of what our scripture lesson's about today. Uh, our scripture lesson, I've got two stories I'm gonna share with you, and especially the first one, it addresses, I think, this, this part of our human condition that, that, that likes to, to puff, its, puff its chest out, right? That, that part of us that, that seeks to... Uh, to build our own kingdoms here on earth, our own kingdoms built on our own pride, 
and, and prejudice, our own, our own power and possessions, our own personal preferences. Uh, but it also addresses what I think how God in, in, in God's grace sometimes provides us these opportunities, sometimes painful to, to help us grow in humility. Uh, those opportunities where, where it teaches us how to say what, what I had to say to my son that day. You know what? You're right. I, I really can't do anything on my own. I need help. Uh, and, and it's a bitter pill for, for those of us that are self-sufficient people like me. It's a bitter pill for us to swallow. But I believe that it's actually the beginning point of faith. And it's, it's this beautiful picture of growth. In God's grace. So I want you to hear this story this morning. The first story comes from the Old Testament book of Genesis, uh, Genesis chapter 11, verses 1 through 9. The title in my Bible is The Tower of Babel. Listen to this, God's word for us today. Now the whole world had one language and a common speech. As people moved eastward, they found a plain in Shinar and settled there. They said to each other, come, let's make bricks and bake them thoroughly. They used brick instead of stone, tar for mortar. They said, Come, let us build ourselves a city with a tower that reaches to the heavens so that we may make a name for ourselves. Otherwise, we'll be scattered over the face of the whole earth. But the Lord came down to see the city and the tower and the people that the, te- that the people were building. And the Lord said, if as one people speaking the same language, they've begun to do this, then nothing they plan will be impossible for them. Come, let's go down and confuse their language so that they will not understand each other. So the Lord scattered them from there all over the earth and they stopped building the city. That's why it was called Babel. The word Babel basically means confusion because the Lord, there the Lord confused the language of the whole world and from there the Lord scattered them over the face of the whole earth. See, this is a story uh, where, where, where there's a group of people, they were gathered in one place for one purpose and that purpose was to do what? It was to make a name for themselves, right? You can almost hear their chests being puffed out as they said, let's make a name for ourselves. Let's, let's build a tower so high that it reaches to the heavens. Like I mentioned earlier, they were, they were seeking to build their own kingdom here on earth. And, and it wasn't just built with stone and mortar with bricks and, and straw. It was, it was built on their own pride, <laughs> their own power, possessions, personal preferences. And almost in, a, in an opposite of, of the creation story, God looks down and he says, this is this is not good. And so, so God throws them into confusion and God scatters them throughout the, the known world. And that's where the story ends. And some people hear that story, this story that ends in confusion and chaos, and they read it as, as God being, being jealous and punishing them, God feeling threatened by humans' potential to create. But, but I want to tell you, I that's not how I read this story. I, I see this story and God's response as, as a beautiful picture of God's grace. Uh, but see, the only way you can see that that way is if you truly believe that, that God knows what's best for us. And, and so I believe God in his grace uh, allowed for this to happen. See, see sometimes our efforts to, to build a higher tower have to be confused and come crashing down for us to acknowledge our need for a higher power. Amen. As, as a pastor, I hear stories like this all the time, and maybe you've experienced, I've experienced it in my life. In the midst of, of disappointment and destruction and even death, God brings new life. But the turning point is often when we come to this place where we come to the end of our own 
efforts, where we come to the, this place where we have to humbly acknowledge, you know what? I can't do this on my own. I need help. In, in recovery, there are 12 steps, and the first two are basically this. Number one, acknowledging that, that you can't do it on your own. And number two, acknowledging a higher power that can. In the church, we often say, when God is all we've got, that's often when we realize God is all we need. That's when God can do some of his best work, not only in our lives, but through our lives. I think this story is an example of that. This, this story of, of pride coming before the fall, it actually sets up the second story I want us to look at this morning. So I want you to keep that story in the back of your mind, and we're going to hear a second story. And in this story, instead of pride coming before the fall, this is a story about praise coming both before and after the Spirit falls. Listen to this. This is, uh, we're going to fast forward to the New Testament now to Luke's story about the day of Pentecost, Acts chapter 2. And, and what we see here is, is people, kind of as our last story left off, people uh, from all over the known world, they've been scattered. They've been scattered to different lands. They've got different backgrounds, different languages, different patterns of speech. And yet on this day, they were all gathered in one place for one purpose. They were gathered in Jerusalem for the festival of Pentecost. They were there to worship the name of Yahweh, the one true God. And something amazing happens. And, and it provides this opportunity for a response. It gives uh, one of the disciples, Peter, the perfect opportunity to lift up, not, not his name, but to lift up the name of Jesus. So, so listen to this story. This is Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 15. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit, and they began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now, there were staying in Jerusalem God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? How is it that each one of us hears them in our native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, residents, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, and the parts of Libya near Cyrene, Visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what, what does this mean? Some of them, however, made fun of them and said, they've had too much wine. Then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed the crowd, fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I have to say. These people are not drunk, as you would suppose. It's only nine in the morning. <laughs> oh, goodness. I, if you were here a couple weeks ago, this story gives a whole new meaning to my sermon title, which was Under the Influence. Uh, they're, they're, they're thinking, what's going on with these folks? They must be out of their minds. But And, and Peter stands up and, and, and tells them what's going on. So, so just as our other story ended with confusion and chaos, this story kind of begins with, with confusion and chaos. And yet, and yet God does something amazing. If you put these two stories right up next to each other, I think what you'll see is what happens 
at Pentecost is the great reversal of what happens at the Tower of Babel. It's almost the opposite. If you, if you look at these two stories, in the first story, God confuses people with one language by enabling them to speak many languages because they had used their one language to praise themselves, to build themselves up. But in the second story, God enables people with many languages to hear one message in their own language through the power of the Holy Spirit because the disciples were declaring the praises of God for the purpose of building up the, the kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven to declaring the name of Jesus. The first story ends in confusion and chaos. The second story ends in connection and community. See, this is what the movement of the Holy Spirit looks like when we're gathered in one place for one purpose, when God's people are gathered together at the right time in the right place for the right purpose. This is the, the great movement, what the great movement of God's people looks like when we move from having a what I call a higher tower mentality to moving to what I would call a higher power mentality. That's what the sermon is today, from, from higher tower to higher power. That's where I think we need to move today on this Pentecost Sunday. So I want you to hear the rest of the story now. Uh, Peter stands up. Peter, who, who, who just a few days before had denied Jesus three times, right, wasn't willing to, to associate his name with the name of Jesus. That very same Peter on the day of Pentecost, he stands up. And, and, and what he does, something kind of out of character for Peter, he stands up and he declares the good news of God's grace to the people. Listen to what, listen to this. This, uh, if you remember before Jesus died and before he ascended, he said to the disciples this in Luke 24, this is what's written. The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day and repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all the nations beginning in Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. So I'm gonna send you what my father has promised, but stay in the city until you've been clothed with power from on high. So see, Peter's very first sermon was the fulfillment of these words from Jesus. He, he bears witness to how Christ suffered and died and rose from the dead, and then he preaches repentance and forgiveness that comes in the name of Jesus. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart. And they said to Peter and the other apostles, brothers, what shall we do? And Peter replied, repent. And be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins. You will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and all who are far off, for all whom the Lord your God will call. With many other words, he warned them and he pleaded with them, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Those who accepted his message were baptized. And the Lord and, and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. Isn't this a great story? We need to be, I love that we're reminded of this story every year because we need to be reminded of this, this beautiful story, this, this great reversal. Instead of pride coming before the fall, praise comes before and after the spirit falls. And in humility, the people acknowledged, you know what? I can't do this on my own. What do, what do I need to do? I can't save myself. What do I need to do to be saved? And, and Peter says, repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. You're forgiven. The power of God was poured out on all of them. And then from that place, from that one place, they were scattered back 
to all the, the, the four corners of the known world to share the good news of God's grace. That's why they say this was the birthday of the church. This was the beginning of the movement of the Holy Spirit, and it was the beginning of the building of the church. The great reversal of the Tower of Babel, the great redemption of God's people from the fall, the great awakening of the Holy Spirit, the great revolution of followers of Jesus Christ. And here's the most important thing for us today. You've heard me say it before. I'll say it again. I say it all the time. It's not just that it happened. It's what? That it happens all the time. As Lee said earlier, and as Lee prayed before, I believe it can happen today on this day of Pentecost. But what has to happen is we have to be willing to lay aside our own pride and our own prejudice, our own pursuit of power and possessions and our own personal preferences. And we have to be willing to pursue the power of God in our lives and in our lives together. We have to be willing to say what I said to my son in the driveway. You know what? You're right. I can't do it on my own. But guess what? I don't have to. I know I can't save myself, but I know who can and I know who will. It's about us saying with confidence, I know exactly where to go to find strength and, and peace and the power I need to face any situation and circumstance that this world will throw at me where even sin and death can't keep me down. I know where to go. And guess what? It's not YouTube. And, and, and guess what? It's not even Facebook. We know where to go, don't we? We know where the source of life is and love exists. It's in and through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, through the power of the Holy Spirit. And when we say to God, I can't do it, but I know you can, when we place our trust in him, when we allow the Holy Spirit to come and do in us and through us what we can't do on our own, we experience life abundant and eternal. That's the good news of God's grace that we celebrate on this Pentecost Sunday. Amen. You know, I, I had I had kind of a revelation this week I want to share with you. I was thinking about this message and and and, and our world and our circumstances today. And and if you really think about it, 2020 kind of ended like the story of the Tower of Babel ended, didn't it? It with confusion and chaos, even even in the church. And and if you think about it even more, as I was thinking about it more and praying about it this week, I thought, gosh. What if, what if God could use the events of, of 2020 to bring a great awakening to the church in 2021? What if, what if 2021 ended like the story of Pentecost with connection and, and commitment to Christ and, and community in Christ? And, and, and what, if, what if the choice is ours? Whether we're gonna pursue a higher tower or we're gonna pursue... A higher power? Where are we going to place our trust? Where are we going to place our focus? So, so here's the application this morning uh, for, for you and for me and for us as a, as a fellowship family. This is probably not the best thing for me to say as, as a leader of an organization, but, but I think it's the best thing I could say as your pastor and, and as a leader in, in this family. Uh, I want to stand in front of you today and say this, you know what? I can't do it on my own. But thanks be to God, I don't have to. Uh, most of the time, I, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> Man, I felt more like that in 2020 than I ever have. But, but, but I know who does. And I know I have faith that God will. And, and, and God is the one 
who has built the church, not just our church, but the church, and God will continue to build the church, not on the higher tower mentality, but on the higher power mentality. Uh, I'll be honest with you, I don't know how to grow the church, even though I've got a master's degree and a doctoral degree, all with lots of training on how to grow churches. So I guess I do know how, but I just, uh, not in the way that I feel called to. You know, the way that we in America have traditionally gone about growing churches. You know, uh, there's a pastor named Mike Breen. He says, if you make disciples, you always get the church. But if you make a church, you don't always get disciples. And I think that's true. And so here's the thing. I don't believe God is calling us to make a church. I believe God's calling us to make disciples. And so that's where our focus needs to be. I believe that that's the only way that our church is gonna not only survive, but thrive. It's the only way that we're gonna grow in the way that God wants us to grow. So, so I wanna say something that, that may surprise you. It's kind of out of character for me, but I feel led to say it this week. If, if you wanna grow this church built on our own pride and prejudice, our own pursuit of power or possessions or personal preferences, then I don't think you're gonna be happy here at this church. But if you wanna grow disciples built on the promises of God, on the presence and provision and power of God, if you wanna pursue sharing life together in Christ built on the power of God through the Holy Spirit, then I think you're in the right place at the right time for the right purpose. And I hope you're ready for us to be the church together. Because it's not about constructing a higher tower, it's about connecting to a higher power, amen? It's about, it's about trusting God to do what only God can do. It's about believing that God is able to do immeasurably more than all we could ask or imagine according to his power that's at work in us, within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Jesus Christ throughout all generations forever and ever, amen. See, it's not about our glory, it's about God's glory. It's not about our church doing good so that we can make it into the news, it's about our church making sure the good news makes it out of our church and into the community because God doesn't birth disciples by building churches. God builds the church by birthing disciples. That's what I think the story of Pentecost is all about. And I think that's what being the church is all about. So the question that I want to ask you and leave you with this morning is this, what is God birthing in you today on this birthday of the church? What does God want to birth in you in us as a fellowship family? What does God want us to commit ourselves to? for the purpose of growing disciples of Jesus Christ. Let me make it real simple. The, the real question this morning is this, how are you gonna respond to the message today? Maybe, maybe you wanna take a next step of faith today. Maybe, maybe you wanna talk about being baptized if, if you've never been baptized before. Uh, and maybe you wanna talk about joining the church today. Uh, maybe you want to, to join a small group or, or start serving in a ministry. Maybe you want to start something new in, in your neighborhood. Maybe you just want to simply find one person in, and invest in them today. Maybe you want to disciple them in Jesus Christ. Whatever it is today, I want to invite us to take a step of faith, to move us from, from higher tower to higher power so that, so that God can fulfill the mission of the church in and through us as we seek to be the church, to be disciples of Jesus Christ in the places and with the people that God has called us to. I wanna leave you with one more thing. The, the United Methodist Church has an official mission statement. And, and I believe that, that if our churches truly live this out, 
then there would be a revival that would rival Pentecost. It's simply this, to make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. I believe that that's our call as individuals and as a church family. So let's go to do it. Amen? All right, let's pray together. God, we, we thank you for your word and for your spirit. God, we thank you for uh, the testimony of your word this morning that reminds us of, of the coming of the Holy Spirit and the transformation that took place as people humbled themselves and, and were obedient to your word and to your spirit to allow your spirit to move in and through them to share the good news of, of Jesus Christ with those around them. Lord, help us to be those people today that, that humbly stand before you, Lord, that hear this message in, in our own language and say, what shall we do? Lord, speak to our hearts today, whatever that looks like today. Help us to turn towards you and to follow you into new life and to new possibilities. And Lord, to be your church that you have, have called and created to share your good news, to lift up not our own names, but the name of Jesus today. Whatever that looks like, Lord, speak to our hearts and lead us and guide us. Give us faith and courage to respond today. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's continue to stand and let's continue to allow God to speak to our hearts as we hear this closing song today.